Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is brought to you by Journey 333. Now, Journey 333 is a place of fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, where we help people look better, live better, and feel better. Today on our show, I couldn't be more excited. Honestly, this is just a true thrill for me. We have had awards in our company named after the book that this author wrote. We have Peter Shankman on here with us today. He's a sought-after speaker. Uh, he created Harrow, which has helped a reporter out. He's just a, an award-winning author, excellent guy, super excited. He's even an Ironman. He's training for the World Championship Ironman in Hawaii. And in honor of that, he's raising money for leukemia lymphoma. And uh, you can go and help donate. You can help Peter raise money by going to shankman.com backslash Ironman. So he's trying to raise $120,000 for this leukemia project, and he is better than halfway there. So pitch in and be part of something great. Peter, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Oh, man, we're just so honored. Yeah, you know, it was, how many years has it been since we first read Zombie Loyalist? Let me hold it up because we will have <laughs> video clips. This is the book, guys, Zombie Loyalist right here. Um, so I think it was 2014. Was it? 15, 15, 15, okay. All right, so there it was. We read it as soon as it came out. It was recommended throughout our mastermind. A mastermind is always sharing great books and it has changed our business. It has really changed our business. And today we have Peter on the show because we believe that he can help you to change your business with just talking about some of the things that are in there and some of the things that he does today and speaks to people about. The idea behind Zombie Loyalist is to bring random amazement into normal situations, right? Zombies are after the brains, right? And what we should all be after in our business is trying to be different, trying to add something special, trying to create those uh, raving fans, as Ken Blanchard calls them, or as Peter calls them, zombie loyalists. So Peter, if we could, a little bit about the inspiration for what you do and who you are and uh, you know what caused you to write such a book and all that kind of thing. So hat tip to Ken. But first of all, thank you for having me on. Second of all, hat tip to Ken Blanchard. When I, my first job out of college was America Online. And the very first day of the, of, of, of the, the sort of intro session to AOL, they, they handed us uh, raving fans. And it's been in my bookcase ever since. It's a phenomenal book. Um, the concept behind Zombie Loyalists came because I spent, God, I mean, I, I worked at AOL and that was the only job I ever had. The only real job I ever had. I had it from 95, like 98. Um, Moved back to New York City, and this is back when the internet was, you know, when AOL was the internet, it was just starting out. Moved back to New York after I left AOL and uh, realized that, you know, we were in this middle of this dot-com boom, and no one really knew how to do um, PR and marketing for the dot-com, faster, quicker, better. And so I started an agency, and I discovered it was incredibly easy to get uh, clients and to do PR if we were just, we didn't have to do anything amazing, all we had to do was be slightly better. Um, the bar was so low, was so unbelievably low that we didn't need to be awesome. Um, we needed to, pardon the expression, suck slightly less than everyone else, <laughs> right? You know, I, I've interviewed Tony Robbins. He's been on my podcast and, uh, you know, the, 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 oh, the walk on fire, that's bullshit. I don't need you to walk on fire. 
right? I need you to suck slightly less. Walking on fire is hard. I, I don't need that. I need you to do just be slightly better than everyone else. And and the 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 premise of that is is that the bar is so low, right? And so over the course of twenty something years of running a PR agency and of, of of being an entrepreneur and starting several companies and 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 writing books and going on TV and being a talking head and keynoting around the world, one of the things I've learned more than anything is that um, the bar is really low. And so zombie loyalists is the premise that we expect in any customer interaction or even business to business interaction, we expect to be treated eh, pretty poorly, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, back when we all used to be able to fly all the time, we think back to the days when you fly, Think back to your last flight, right? And and I always ask this one to my audience, you know, what, what made it a good flight? Well, you know, we took off on time, we landed on time, had the seat I wanted. I'm like, okay, so they didn't let you fly the plane. Um, they didn't, you know, you didn't, there wasn't a date waiting for you in the seat next to you. No, you just had, um, you signed a contract of carriage that said that, that, that you will fly uh, at a certain date and time and have a certain seat and they'll take you to a certain place and return you. And that's what they did. They didn't do anything special. And, you know, but because they didn't crash into a mountain or pull you off the plane by your nose, you know, and you were on time, you're, you're sitting there going, that's the greatest flight I ever had. Well, no, actually that's just a flight. Um, <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary, but the bar is so low, you know, we expect to go to the airport, we get to the TSA, we get pulled for the random anal probe, it's an hour later, you know, we have to, now we have to run to our gate, it was gate four, but they moved it to gate 237 without telling us that's six airports in seven states that way. You know, this whole premise that if, if, the, if the airport was, if the plane was on time and we took off and landed, and didn't crash in a mountain, we're over the moon. So mm -hmm. if that's where the bar is, I don't need companies to be amazing, I need companies to suck slightly less. And that's why it's not so hard to do. It's so the premise of creating zombie loyalists starts off with understanding where the bar is. My favorite joke in the whole world has always been, uh, uh, you got two guys out in the woods on a trail run and they're about seven miles in, in the middle of nowhere and they see a bear and they freak out because the bear sees them and he stands up and he's like, oh my God. The guy's like, oh my God, we're gonna die. And the first guy leans down, he tightens up his running shoes. And the second guy says, what the hell's wrong with you? You can't outrun a bear. And the first guy says, no, I just need to outrun you. And that's <laughs> exactly where we are, right? If your company wants to succeed, I just need you to do things slightly better. Focus on the fact that it is about the customer. Focus on the fact that, 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 that you know, there's a great line that says, uh, uh, be kind, everyone has, everyone is facing problems you know nothing about, um, which is very true, but I'll take it a step further. Everyone. Um, has a problem. You know, anyone who comes into your store, right? Or anyone who goes onto an, if you go to an airport or you go online to an, to an airline website, what's your problem? You need to get somewhere. If you go to a McDonald's, what's your problem? You want food. If you go to, you know, so, so if you look at the customer coming in, is that customer has a problem, how can I solve it? As opposed to how can I take their money? It becomes a much easier situation and a lot easier to take their money, right? Mm -hmm. so, so at the end of the day, the key is to focusing on what you can do for the customer um, just slightly better than everyone else. Yeah. You know, in your book, you talk about, uh, well, you use several different examples. I think there's a, there's a bank that's given out uh, milk bones. There's, uh, you know, your experience with Morton Steakhouse. Uh, I, I really, you know, one of the ones that stands out to me was the bad day discount, you know, where the oh, couple right. was having yeah. a bad day at right. the table. Um, and so I, I love what, basically what you're saying is like, what are you providing? What are you providing for us? We recognize that everybody has kettlebells, everybody has robes, everybody you know has a TRX nowadays. So we're providing a fitness solution. I will okay. say though, a year ago, getting kettlebells was up there with getting toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and the one company, yeah. was the company that was able to get me kettlebells, and I I fell in love with them. 
right? Because they understood. They're like, you know what? We get it. You're in an apartment. You can't go to your gym. It's not like you can go outside and go to the park. You're in the middle of New York. You're, you're totally locked down. We'll hook you up, right? And, and, and they were able to find me kettlebells. And so it, 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 those kettlebells, what's the, what's the thing? When, you, when all you have is a hammer, everything begins to look like a nail, right? right. I've put on more muscle in the past year than I have ever had in my life because all I had were literally two pairs of kettlebells right over there, right? I, I couldn't see them. Two pairs of kettlebells and my annoying trainer on, on, on FaceTime. Cause he, he, the second this hit, he hauled ass to Florida or some shit. I'm like, dude, really? You bail on me? Well, you can't go to the gym anyway. We'll work out remotely. I'm like, what a dick. So he, all I had was him on FaceTime and, and these two pairs of kettlebells and I gained 16 pounds of muscle. Wow. It's crazy. That's fantastic. But that's, that's what fantastic. it comes down to. You know, they were able to see my need, see my problem and get me what I needed. It, it, how can you make the customer's life easier, mm-hmm. right? Is always the answer. And, and, you know, yes, a lot of people do have kettlebells now. A lot of people do have ropes. A lot of people do have TRX. I have all of those things, but your job isn't necessarily to go get your customers to buy more of them. I would suggest your job is to, at this point, at this moment in time, is to make sure your customers are using them to the best beneficial way for them that is possible um, by creating content that shows them better ways to use that. And the reason I bring that up is because you can't make anything viral. Stop trying to make things viral, but you can make things good. Mm. And if I know that you guys are creating content that's going to help me get more out of those kettlebells or more out of those TRX ropes or more out of whatever, I'm going to come to you for that. And then when I do want to upgrade, I'm going to stick with you. You know, you mentioned content and maybe there are some standard examples or or maybe even mediums that people could use in their business to bring random amazement into normal situations. Clearly content is one of them. Is there a way that you can solve and a problem by providing content. What are some of the standard ways that you encourage people? Hey, look at these categories, look at these things and say, how can I bring random amazement into normal situations in my business? One of the first questions I'd ask is where is your audience? Where are mm-hmm. they hanging out? I can't tell you where they're hanging out online. Only you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of, you know, my daughter came to me once and she goes, daddy, do I like oranges? Like, do I know if you like what? <laughs> Try the damn orange. If you like it, you like. You know, <laughs> she's eight years old now, and 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 she's she's much more intelligent. But yeah, she came to me at three years old. Do I like orange? Yeah, you do. I, <laughs> so I can't tell you what your audience likes or where they hang out. You have to know that by asking them, by figuring out what they're into, what they want to get, where they want to get it, and then delivering them that content there. Um, what did Casey Stengel say about winning baseball games? He said uh, the goal is to hit them where they ain't. Right? Well, the opposite is true in content and social. You want to hit them where they are. And the best way to hit them where they are is to find out where they are. And so ask them, you know, literally ask your audience, you know, make sure that you're talking to them, make sure that you're listening to what they say. They'll tell you, my God, mm-hmm. they'll tell you, they'll tell you exactly where uh, they are and where they're hanging out and what they're using. And, you know, you might, if you're spending all your time on Twitter and you don't have any clients on, you know, any clients on Twitter, you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Right? So find out where they are, go after them for that. And then understand that, 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 um, they, their tastes change, right? So make sure you're keeping up with them. It, the goal isn't really about trying to sell them stuff. Your goal is to talk to them and to figure out what they want, what they need, how you can better service them and deliver that stuff to them. By default, 
that is going to uh, generate revenue and generate sales because they will come to you. You know, 99.9% of the content I make, uh, I give away for free. Mm -hmm. And I do that because the content I make, I like to think is beneficial and useful. And I know that the 0.001% of the content that I do sell, it's going to be bought by people who trust me and right. who trust uh, the, the content that they're seeing. They say, okay, that's interesting. I would buy that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not about selling. I rarely sell. Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's about educating and helping. Uh, and it's interesting because it all comes down to having an audience. Anyone who buys your products, anyone who you sell to is an audience. Mm -hmm. And having an audience, and this is really important. I don't think enough people understand this. Having an audience is a privilege. It's not mm -hmm. a right. Right. I, I say it in a way that you guys will understand. Having an audience uh, is exactly like wearing spandex. Um, as I train for this Ironman, I do not have the right to wear spandex. I wear uh, bulky uh, tank tops and t-shirts as I run and, 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 and shorts. And, and, and on the day of the Ironman, I have earned the privilege of wearing spandex for that day. I do the race. Hopefully I finish. I get my medal. And then someone comes over to me and says, sir, congratulations. Good job. Please put on this bulky t-shirt. I get it. Right. I, there are very few people who have the right to wear spandex, but it's exactly the same way uh, in having an audience. No one's born with the right to have an audience. Right. You have the privilege of creating great content every single day that will drive an audience to you. But on the flip side, because you don't have the right to one, they can go away. So you constantly have to keep giving them the content they want. It's a very uh, fine line. It's a very fine line to walk. You know, it, it is you want to create content that 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 helps people that gives people information gives them what they need and then with luck you know they're going to stick around and they're going to want more of it and you become a trusted source once you're a trusted source not only are they going to buy from you but they're going to send their friends to you and that's pretty key because let's face it no one believes how great you are if you're the one who has to tell them right mm -hmm. if i'm in a bar and you know i see you over there you don't know me but i'm i'm awesome right you should, <laughs> pretty much finish your drink right now come home with me i'm that good she's gonna throw a drink in my face i've done a lot of homework that's exactly what she's gonna do but on the flip side <laughs> You know, if, if I'm sitting there just, you know, playing Pokemon on my phone or whatever, and, and her, she's with her friend, her friend says, oh, my God, that's Peter Shankman. He's, he's a dog. You have a dog. You're both single parents. You guys should totally meet. You'd love each other. At the very least, I'm getting an introduction. That's a trusted source. Right. right? But that's what you want. You want to create content that helps someone to the point where they say to their friends, hey, check this out. Yeah. So the purpose of this content is to get people to know, like, and trust you solve problems for them. I, I like to refer to the idea of Toma, you know, continue to give you top of mind awareness in the mind of the people that are following you so that when they do uh, want to buy that 1% that you put out there for sale, because it's of use to them, they know that this is the person they want to buy it from. Really good. Really good. You know, to me, some of the things that you actually talk about in your book are kind of uh, similar to uh, Seth Godin, purple cow stuff, right? Like it's like, you, you know, it's like, you know, you, you have to just stand out, right? Like you're riding, like Seth Godin's analogy is you're riding along, you're looking at all these cows, but then you stop because you're like, oh my God, that's purple cow, right? You know, there's purple cow right there. Um, and what you're encouraging people to do is don't suck as bad as everyone else, you know? And so when you encourage them to do that, do you also get them to analyze points of their business? Like for instance, the way that a a guest is welcomed to the business, um, you know, or uh, the operations or even the back end or, you know, sales, marketing, whatever. Um, what are some of the key points? It takes yeah. every single, every single employee to, um, to uh, uh, keep your clients. It, it takes only one to lose them. Um, you know, I tell the story of, uh, I used to rent with Hertz and um, my, my cars with Hertz and I flew into Phoenix Sky Harbor airport once and I, I, 
got, I have a, you know, I'm a gold member with Hertz, which doesn't mean anything. It's like, it's like, um, it's like having a Discover card. Anyone, anyone get it. But I, I'm renting from Hertz and uh, I go to the, the gold desk. And my name isn't on the board. I'm like, all right. So I go to the gold line. There's like 40 people in front of me. And there's one guy working. Like 30 minutes later, he's like, hey, there's a, a really long, guys, why don't you go upstairs? You might have better luck at the main counter. I go for the main counter. It's like a two and a half hour wait for cars, right? And they, they you know, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm tweeting to Hertz, I'm asking for help, nothing's going on. Finally, I get to the counter and, and the guy looks at my reservation. He's like, oh, you're a gold member. I'm like, yeah, it didn't really help me. He's like, great, you have to just go downstairs. I'm like, no, they sent me up here two and a half hours ago. Like, yeah, well, you, they have to do it. It's, it's, it's policy. I'm like, I, it's not a they. I see my reservation. It's on the screen. You can give me this car. He's like, no, sir, sorry, next. And he nexted me. Now, I'm not anyone special, but don't next your customers, right? And, and so instead of waiting and go, dealing with that, I, you know, Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport, the interesting thing about Phoenix is that all of the air, all the car rental places are located in one giant building. So I walked literally 75 feet from the cesspool of filth and depravity that was Hertz to the Zen garden of peace and tranquility that was Avis. And I got to Avis and I said, hey, um, any chance I could get it? Oh, sure. Within five minutes, I was in a nicer car for a, a cheaper price with a smiling woman named Phyllis. I will never forget Phyllis behind the counter who not only smiled and told me um, how, how great it was to have me and, and, and directions and whatever I needed, but she brought over Ramon, who's the manager, the general manager of, of Avis Sky Harbor Airport. Ramon, meet Mr. Shankman. He's another Hertz refugee. Now, I don't, I'm not an MBA, but if you have, a, uh, if your biggest competitor has a pet name for the people that you've screwed over, you're going to want to get on that. Right. right. So here's the thing. You know, I wrote a blog post called Peter and Hertz and the Terrible Harmful No Good Really Bad Day. And I, I get I, I post it next morning, at like 7 a.m. Uh, uh, um, Phoenix time. I get a phone call from like the global general manager of customer experience for Hertz worldwide. Hi, saw your blog post. How can we make this right? I'm like, well, you had eight hours to make this right yesterday while I was waiting on that damn line. You didn't do anything. So I'm going to stick with Avis. Thanks. And, you know, they wouldn't have called me had I not written a blog post and didn't have a huge audience because they, they, they didn't do anything when I was when I was tweeting them and yelling at them on, online. So, you know, now I'm sticking. I have never left Avis. I've been with Avis for seven years now and I'll never use anyone else. And it comes down to the simple question. <clears throat> sure, that was probably a one time better experience. It hurts, but it was enough to make me think, well, I rent cars overseas a lot. What happens if I have a breakdown in a country? Where I don't speak the language. Do I want that, that same experience with Hertz or do I want to know that Phyllis, a Phyllis type person is there? waiting to help me. All she did was smile. She didn't do anything special. She smiled, right? And after getting jabbed in the eye with a spork for two hours by Hertz, a smile was really all I needed to convert. So <laughs> understand what works, right? It doesn't, it's not rocket science. I love your humor. I love it. Um, so let me ask you this. What if you are a Hertz company? What if you're listening right now and you feel like, you know what? I've already identified that there's some areas in our business where we're failing. It could be the way that we greet the customer. It could be the way that we serve the customer. Maybe you're a restaurant with lousy service or who knows. And you need to, you need to almost create a campaign where you're going to turn it around. Um, maybe you've dealt with a certain situation like that, either in your book or, you know, in some of the consulting that you do with all the different fortune 500 companies. What do you recommend as far as, you know, steps for a company that feels like they haven't been getting it right and now they want to turn it around and create some zombie loyalists? Well, obviously hire me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> look, this is what I speak at, right? I, this is the keynotes I give all over the world for this. But, you know, uh, short of hiring me, the first thing I would suggest is take a look at your people, right? If you're not hiring for the right reasons, then that's your, one of your biggest problems. Are you hiring? You have to hire people who care about people. Right. If you're putting people into forward-facing roles, if you're putting people into back-end roles, you have to hire people who care about people, people who have empathy. If you're hiring people because they're cheapest or because they, they can get the job done the fastest, that's not necessarily what you need. You need to care about hire people who care about people who want to make things better for people. I've seen um, countless companies who are doing it right um, 
because they hire people who care about people and they hire people who understand that, that um, having empathy and treating your customers, again, one level better is all you need to do most of the time. Um, I remember being in a, a was it Ritz, I think it was Ritz Carlton in Dubai back in like 2013. And uh, I come home after a day of meeting, come back to the hotel after a day of meetings. And there's a, um, a note on my bathroom counter along with a, a new tube of toothpaste. Dear Mr. Shankman, as we were cleaning, we noticed that you were running low on your toothpaste. So we went to the drugstore and got you the same brand. Uh, hope that's okay. Right? I'm Where was this? You've got to be kidding me. That was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Right. And so, you know, what did it cost them? Probably like two bucks. How many times have I told that story? Right. right? It, it was, it was just one of those little things and it's done because the people they hire understand how to take care of people. So that's, that's really a key point. Um, you know, you, you, customer service, customer experience, building zombie loyalists, that all has to come from top down. You can't, mm-hmm. uh, you can't implement that if it's not believed by the top, by the brass, by the CEOs. It has to come, it has to come from top down first and foremost, always. That was actually going to be my next question because of course, you know, it's how we hire and we need to, we know that in our business because it's all coaching, right? So we got to care, we got to hire people that care about people and care about getting them to their goals and are willing to go the extra mile and track them down when they don't show up and all that kind of stuff. So let me ask you this. It's a smaller business where the leader is not too far removed from the hiring process. And, you know, there seems to be a problem with the way that the people care. How often do you find that maybe the deeper issue is that the leader needs to look at how they care for their people or, you know, maybe even their own attitude themselves, you know? No question about it. You're never, you're never going to create an incredible company if the, if the culture in that company is toxic, right? Mm-hmm. You can't create amazing uh, random, situ- or random amazement in normal situations if the employees have no desire to do that because they're all miserable. Um, I've been in countless uh, situations where I've asked an employee for help and not, not my department. I don't know, man, but you should go over there. I don't know. Talk to help. You know, that tells me all I need to know about the company, right? I want companies who, whose employees are happy to be there. Um, not because they're, I mean, obviously because they're getting a fair wage, because they, they, but because they enjoy where they work, because they, they have pride in where they work, because they believe in where they work, right? Everyone wants, it's really interesting. Everyone wants to buy a cell phone that runs on the T-Mobile network, the AT&T network, whatever, but they want to know that when they have a problem with their phone, they can go to Joe at the local T-Mobile store because Joe cares, right? That's what you want to work on. Yeah, really good, really good. You know, we have a lot of fitnesspreneurs that listen to this and you've already given us one tip about creating good content to help people solve their issues. Being somebody that's engaged in fitness yourself, probably a lot of, a lot of training on the road, not necessarily so much in the gym, but uh, you know, from your past fitness experience, have you identified any problems in the fitness industry that you think fitnesspreneurs should be trying to solve? It's a really good question. I mean, I think there are several. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate. The majority of trainers I've had uh, are excellent. My trainer, Mitch, at Equinox, he is just phenomenal. I love this guy. He, I think he truly cares. Um, and that is more important than anything. It's not about, okay, we're going to drop you to 200 pounds or 190, whatever, you know, we're going to rip. It's about how are you feeling about yourself? Right. And he, he, he understands I'm not perfect. Um, he guilts me when necessary. 
Um, he's a total dick when necessary, but that's, you know, that's required. And, and, and as such, I almost have a, a friendship with him. I'd say I have a friendship with him, not just, you know, a, a, relation, a business relationship. Um, I think that the, the trainers need to understand that people are human uh, first and foremost. And yeah, they all want to look great, but they also have that thing they're trying to deal with called life. And, you know, if, I, if I were a trainer, yeah, I'd be incredibly ripped and have abs because that'd be my fucking job. 16 hours a day, that's all I do, right? I don't have that luxury. You know, I have, I have, I'm a single dad. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I'm running two companies. I'm a corporate keynote speaker. I spend way too much time on planes. I have a nine-month-old dog, I swear, which is never going to get sitting, sitting below my desk. So all these things that, you know, also impact my life and the trainers who are smart, the coaches who are smart, the people like that understand that, yeah, we are all different and when they need to adjust accordingly. Um, and, and, and the trainers I've had to do that, you know, the ones I don't, oh yeah, you're not, you're, you don't, I had, I had someone tell me, well, you know, it's not a priority for you. Well, it's a priority for me in the extent that I want to do it, uh, but not at the expense of like, you know, not seeing my daughter or something like that, right? So they, they have to understand that, that everyone is different and everyone works in different ways. Right now, my priority is, is completing this Ironman. So that means I'm doing a lot more swimming, biking, and running than I am lifting and, and misunderstands that. Right. Um, flexibility is key. Um, adaptability is key. I remember I had a trainer, God, probably 10, 12 years ago, maybe 10, who grew up as a, a fat kid like I did and then discovered exercise and became like this super ripped trainer. And, you know, like most fat kids like myself, we, we, once we get into a place where women actually notice us, that's all we, you know, all that matters. He was younger than me. He was probably in his mid twenties at the time. And, and, uh, so his whole thing every night, every weekend, he'd be going out and just getting laid and just having this, you know, all the stuff that he never got to do in high school, right? And he, I remember on Monday mornings, he'd come in and he'd be like, yeah, man, it was incredible. I wound up in this, it was like an orgy. There were like seven people. I mean, dude, it's six in the fucking morning and I'm having a coffee. Know your audience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> screaming that to him. It's like, I'm trying to do my first set of benchmarks. Like, dude, I don't need to hear about that. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, know your audience. So good. <laughs> But, it, you know, again, it's that level of, of, of camaraderie where they understand sort of, I mean, the guy was at my wedding, right? They understand what you're going through. They understand what, um, you know, what's, what is important to you. And, and that becomes their goal as well. It's not just to pump you up or whatever. It's about what do you want to do? Why are you doing this? And so I think, I think that empathy, again, it comes back to empathy and it comes back to just being a little bit better. Yeah. You know, in our in our internship at Journey, we encourage people to learn different personality styles and, mm -hmm. and adapt to that. We also uh, talk a lot about psychology, helping people to know their why for their goal and make sure that they feel worthy and deserving of the goal and are having a healthy relationship with themselves. And it seems like you're you're encouraging the not only knowing your audience, but understanding the psychology of the person that you're really trying to motivate and keep accountable. Uh, so, yeah, very good. Very good. Peter, I got to tell you, this has been just amazing. Um, I want to show your book one more time to the camera here. You know, check it out, guys. It's Zombie Loyalist using great service to create rabid fans, right? The tell kind you of secret about it. Um, I so the book went through four printings, and in my contract, after four printings, I got the rights reverted back to me. So I own the rights again. And so at some point, when I can get back on a couple of flights to Asia and have 14 hours each way uninterrupted, I'm going to update it. And I'm going to republish it as a self-publish. And so when that happens, uh, I will let you guys know. But yeah, it's going to be updated for a post-COVID world. Uh, and, and, you know, the book's about six years old now. So we're going we're gonna to update it. And it's, I'm looking forward to doing that. It's going to be a lot better next month. Oh, yeah. 
please let us know yeah. so we can share with our audience, our listeners. Um, we uh, we are doing our very best at Journey. Uh, you know, whether it's somebody loses the greatest percentage of weight each week and they've got their foot on a rock as a boulder mover or hanging a medal around their neck because they lost 20 pounds. Uh, we hand out a frozen cold towel at the end of each workout. And some of these things that we do, Peter, are inspired by you. So we mm. thank you. We thank you for you know, creating this kind of content, this book that can teach us these kind of things and even create an award in our company. Are right. you creating zombie yeah. loyalists? For for our company as well, as uh, people come aboard and they want to kind of grow up through the, the ranks, um, that is a book that they have to read if they ever want to grow the ladder, you know, if they want to go up the ladder. There's five, that, yeah. Yeah, there's five books and that, it, I, I got to tell you, not a reader personally, I always say the first book I read as an adult was Zombie Loyalist. I loved it. So Travis had had there was several of us and he was uh, putting us all in like this little book club, part of the company. And so I took Zombie Loyalist and we all had to do a report on it and then do questions with answers. And so anyone that comes up through the, you know, the chain, just starting out as, you know, trainer and stuff, um, they have to read the book. Then they have to answer my questions that I wrote back when the book first came out, obviously 2015. But I love that book. Yeah. I, I, as soon as I read it, I had never eaten at Morton's before. I was like, I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to go to the steakhouse, right? And so then when we did, I was like, oh, we're finally here. So um, it's a fantastic book. It has so many gems in it. And even when we go and we speak, um, you know, around, um, you know, different states we, and stuff we've like shown that. your book. Yeah, for sure. It is, it is always on our slides. Yeah. And we yeah. and we talk about it. If you've not read this book, you have to read it. You are in customer service. This is a necessity. So Thanks for being here. It is an honor. I, I really. Um, I so yes, my first book as an adult. So if you ever want, if you ever want any help with quizzes for your book, you know who to talk to. Uh, <laughs> yes. And if our listeners want to find you and get more of your content and just everything, uh, what's the best way to you know? Well, one, of course, you guys can go and pick this up at any bookstore, Amazon.com. Yeah, it's worth it. Uh, however, you know, you're putting out regular content on a regular basis, so. Um, where can they go? So my entire life is at shankman.com. Okay. Um, my, my website's there. I am at Peter Shankman on all of the socials. You can find me anywhere uh, at, Peter, uh, at Peter Shankman on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I do a lot on Instagram, do a lot on um, uh, uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Snapchat, whatever. Um, I am, if you're in, if you find yourself in New York, I am running and biking pretty much every morning, usually around 4 a.m., um usually i'm on my peloton so i'm at peter shankman on peloton as well um and like i said uh until Octo on october 9th is the iron man so until october 9th i'll be training uh for the iron man kona and you can you can help support leukemia and lymphoma society at shankman.com slash iron man and i'll make you a deal anyone who donates 25 bucks or more send me an email with proof that you donated to at shankman.com slash iron man and when i redo zombie loyalists i'll send you a free copy that is awesome. That is awesome. Where do they email? Where do they email when they go do that? Okay. That is so wow. awesome. Wow. Thank you for That's that. That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you for that offer. <laughs> I can't wait to read the sequel. I, I know that, you know? Yeah. Um, so thank you. Well, by the way, if you're up at four in the morning, you know, our gym's open at four and we are uh, upstate New Yorkers. So <laughs> if you ever want to talk more, there is another couple of people that are up at that crazy yes. time. Um, where, where upstate are you guys? So we're near the Finger Lakes. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I know the area. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have locations near like Cornell University in Ithaca and Corning yeah. and Elmira, New York, uh, so in the New York area. Uh, but uh, we do love New York City. Can't wait to get back there. It's been a tough year to visit, you know, this past year or so. But, uh, you know, Peter, again, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are. Thank you. Thank you for being on this show. My pleasure, guys. You keep in touch. Thanks. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.